Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Hello, everybody, and today I am very lucky to have with me in my studio Jenna Higgins. She's the assistant winemaker at Durbanville Hills. Jenna, hi, and welcome to Carrie's Corner. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. I was so pleased to find that I had a bright young thing to chat to today because I got a I got a thing from your PR company from I think her name's Monique, who's getting married this weekend. So congratulations to Monique. Um, I hope you have a fabulous wedding. But she said to me that there was something I needed to know about at Durbanville Hills, which is a new cabernet, which you're going to tell us about. But before we do that, I want all the listeners to know who Jenna Higgins is. Where were you born? I was born in Somerset West, so originally from Gordon's Bay, and then uh, we relocated to Durbanville. So I grew up in the valley. Um, did some job shadowing here, which is how I fell in love with winemaking in the first place. So it's an absolute privilege for me to have ended up at Durbanville Hills, um, having it been my dream seller. Oh, my wow. <laughs> okay. And where did you study? Did you go to Elsenburg or did you go to Stelly's or UCT? Where were you? I did the four-year viticulture and enology degree at Stellenbosch Oh, University. wonderful. Okay. And with a view to being a winemaker. Is that what your dream was? Yes. Okay. Well, yes, um, a winemaker with uh, harmony focusing in both the vineyard and the cellar. So viticulture is just as important as the wine. Of course it is. Of course it is. And I was doing a little bit of digging up around and just sort of checking up on you, Jenna, and I see that you've done some harvests around the world. You've done one in Napa, one of my bucket list places to go. Tell me about that. Um, so in 2019, uh, straight after my South African harvest, I hopped on a plane and went over to America. Um, Cabernet is my big love in life. Um, so I thought, what better place to be than in Napa Valley? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, they really got uh, elbow deep into cab winemaking there, and it was an absolutely amazing experience. And how long did you just do one harvest there? I just did one harvest there, um, but all in all, I'll be going on for my sixth harvest now at Durbanville Hills. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Now, to get to Durbanville Hills, it's one of my favorite places. Um, it became a winery that produced wine, I think, the first time in about 2000, the early 2000s, 2001 or two. And it belongs to Distill, for anybody who doesn't know. It belongs to Distill, but somehow... They still have managed to keep Durbanville Hills from that big tank reputation. You know, there's a horrible reputation around the world that goes with wineries that are part of massive conglomerates. But Durbanville Hills doesn't have that big tank sort of reputation. Talk to me about that. So we are very open doors in the cellar. Um, if you've uh, visited the cellar recently, you'll see we do cellar tours as well. So we like to explain to everybody every step of the winemaking and make all of our wine drinkers feel included in every bottle that gets made in the cellar. We're also very involved in the vineyard. So um, being a medium-sized cellar, not a massive cellar, 
um, we actually have the capability to focus on every single tank and every single barrel. Um, so it doesn't go into a, a, a bulk production or factory no. wine making no. style. It really is passion poured into every drop. But now, in the olden days, and I keep on referring to the olden days as if we're all 2,000 years old, but we're not really. But when Urbanville Hills first started, there were about six or seven farms that contributed to the wine that came out of Durbanville Hills. Is that still the case? It is, yes. Yeah. So we um, actually have nine farms in total that we buy from in the valley at the moment. Um, and then we also have um, farmers that also have, uh, how do I say, um, a stake in the cellar, yes. if I can put it that way. Yes. Um, very minor skill. But um, we really do want to focus on that our grapes come from the Durbanville wine valley um, and we want to focus on the authenticity of the grapes in the valley and the vineyards in the valley which is also what our new project is reflecting tell us about your new project because i can see you dying to talk to me about that new project <laughs> ready steady go so um our new product that we've launched um, in ca uh, collaboration with Dimastol um, and with the rest of the producers in the valley um, is the master's vineyard cap south um, and basically what we've tried to do is create almost a replica of the style that was created by George Spies in 1966, wow. um, which is very difficult to try and do. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I think what the aim of this was, was to truly reflect that Durbanville isn't just Sauvignon Blanc and Merlot, that we also have the capability of producing a very high-quality cab with a long aging potential, and I think that's exactly what they've managed to do. So have you been working in conjunction with Tace Lowe, who really is the king of Sauvignon Blanc, isn't he, in Durbanville Hills? For me, he's making some of the best Sauvignon Blanc in the world, but he also makes good Cabernet. So has he been working with you on this project? So um, it was our head red wine maker, Wilhelm Katsia and Tay Lowe, who uh, worked on this project together. Um, and in this project, they both had a 50-50 um, split of the vineyard um, and grapes were harvested at both cellars and both winemakers were given a component of the wine to make. And then the full 50% from Durbanville Hills and the full 50% from Demersdal were then blended to create the final product. Well, that's what, what I was going to ask you. Where did the grapes come from for this new cab? Anything from your own farm? Because so you've got a farm of your own, haven't you? I mean, you do have grapes and vineyards that you look after on Durbanville Hills. Um, no, we actually don't. Oh, really? um, okay. We buy all of our grapes in. Okay. Yes, um, but um, the grapes do come from one of our producers and it's also the original farm where the original grapes from the original um, George Spies cab oh, came from. Wow. So we were very privileged to be able to get grapes from the same farm. Unfortunately, not the same block. Um, the block would have been very old and has since unfortunately been un uprooted. Yes. Um, but we were very privileged to be able to have gotten grapes from the same farm. Um, so the wine should in an ideal world, also um, have the same edgeability and reflect the same terroir capabilities as the original. And, well, that's what we're hoping. And what vintage is it? Is it 2021? It's a 2016 vintage. Oh, my so goodness. So it's had a little bit of time to mature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic. So it's ready for people to buy and enjoy as you and I are speaking. Um, it is. I would personally give it a few more years to age in the bottle. Um, it's actually showing as a much younger wine. It's showing a lot of characteristics that you would find in a 2018 or a 2019 vintage. Okay. 
So, um, as I said again, um, with the, the older um, George Thies cab that was produced, um, it also only started opening up years and years after it was produced. In fact, um, Jancis Robertson gave it a, a 400% score in 2015. Wow. So, it's something to look forward to. Is it available in the stores for people to buy or not yet? It is available via Winefly and at some of the sellers in Durbanville. Um, but we are encouraging people to come out to the valley and to come and explore the different wineries in the valley to try and find one of the wineries where you can buy it. It's 950 Rand for a, a three-bottle case and it comes in a very beautiful um, laser-engraved wooden box as well. Oh, so it's perfect, perfect for Christmas, guys. Everybody should try that. I must tell you that Durbanville Hills has for many, many years been on the top list of some of my favorite wines. And I've judged in a couple of competitions where it's all been blind. And Durbanville Hills is one of those properties that sort of creeps out from under the radar and knocks everybody's socks off every now and again. Nobody really ever thinks I've landed in Cape Town. The first place I'm going to is Durbanville Hills. It's not really registering on the radar for either tourism or anything particularly beautiful or anything particularly smart. And because of the, I suppose because of the big tank reputation that we were speaking about before, you tend to think to yourself, oh, yeah, I'm going to go and see Yeban Saadi and I'm going to go and see Adi Badenhorst and I'm going to go to all those little sort of rock star boutique wineries. And Durbanville Hills sometimes drops to the bottom of the list, unfairly so, because there are some farms like Demersdal, like Natida, like yourselves, who are making absolutely beautiful wine. And Durbanville Hills has got more than just the new Cabernet that you've released. Talk to us a little bit about your range, because you've got the three, I think you've got three ranges that you produce. So um, we've also just launched uh, a new range called the Cape Portrait, um, which really wants to focus on the, the vibes and the atmosphere of Cape Town. So you'll see in the label designs, um, again, also with our collector's reserve range, which I'll get to just now. So the Cape Portrait really focuses on the vibe of Cape Town and connecting friends and family and having a wine no matter what the experience. Um, and um, so that's our new entry-level, easy-drinking, everyday wine, um, which I actually think is it's, it, it's a very good quality wine for the price point that you pay for it. Okay. Um, and then moving on, we have a step up from that. We have our normal heels range, which is doing very well. Our Sauvignon Blanc sales are through the roof at the moment. Mm, so they should be. Um, it's absolutely delicious. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the Merlot and the Pinotage at the moment as well. Um, and then we have our collector's reserve range, which um, is showing a little bit more face in competition lately. So with Veritas, with the double gold that we got earlier this year, and then last year with the Absa top 10 for the Pinotage as well. Yes. Um, again, their cab shines through for me, Pinotage. Um, we've got a beautiful Shannon and Chardonnay in that range as well. Mm. Um and then we've also got our bubbly, of course. How could I forget Your about bubbly? bubbly? And you had such a pretty um, pink bubble as well. Do you remember that label? I don't know if you still got the same label on that lovely pink bubbly or we rose. We do. Um, so we've we've got our our sparkling ones. Yes. So we've got a rose. We've got a Sauvignon Blanc, and then we've got a demi sec, and then we also do a Blanc de Blanc MCC. Um, and then the labels of those sparkling wines are gorgeous. It's got a, a chrome finishing with butterflies and yes. flowers, and it's it's just it's gorgeous. Yes, I agree with you. And then Jenna, what about the Rhino Fields range? Are you still producing that? Um, 
At the moment, I'm not entirely sure. Um, we want to focus a little bit more on the collector's reserve and the hills, um, but that is something I will have to discuss with. The it's something we'll have to talk about next year because rhino fields for many, many years has consistently produced some of the most beautiful Chardonnay. Oh, and it's won a lot of awards and it's really, really good. And I think if anybody looks hard, there's still some rhino fields out there in all the shops. It hasn't been off the shelf for that long, has it? I can see there's a big secret no. bubbling under the surface here. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we're not going to press your buttons there, Jenna. You don't have to let reveal all about rhino fields. Um, the plan to go forward, have you got a special variety that you are thinking about putting a big Durbanville Hill stamp on, bearing in mind that Sauvignon Blanc and, and Durbanville Hills are sort of coupled on the tote? Well, I've just moved over from um, the Wellington area. So coming from a, a warm climate to a cooler climate, um, mm. it's going to be really awesome for me to focus a little bit more on white wine making. Um, but as I said earlier, my heart lies in cab. So um, I would absolutely love to see what the cab in the valley can do for myself. Um, and again, get elbows deep into Cabernet next year. Yes. Um, but I, I can't knock Savion Blanc. I'm looking very forward to uh, working with Savion Blanc next year. I didn't get the opportunity at my previous workplace to work with I think, Savion Blanc. I think there's a big resurgence of Savion Blanc. You know, it's interesting to watch the trends. And when you've been in the market for a couple of years, you watch that circle of life go round and round. And you see that it starts off with Savion Blanc. Well, it sort of started off with. Bellingham Premier Grand Cru, which you don't even know about because you're too much of a baby, but it was so dry that you honestly had to get somebody else to take the first sip. It was just so dry. And you were taught that you had to drink this dry wine to be trendy. And I can remember tasting it and thinking, hmm, not sure that wine is my tipple of choice if this is what it is. And then you gravitate as you reach out and you learn about different tastes and different grape varieties and what have you. And you end up drinking a bottle of sticky wine, which is completely and utterly to die for. And I keep on telling everybody I know that they need to explore noble late harvests and natural sweets much more than they do. But Sauvignon Blanc enjoyed huge fame and fortune for about mm, 10 years, about 20 years ago. And then, of course, everybody started coming, all the Chenin Blanc warriors and the Chardonnay warriors and Rosé and a million other things came on, on the scene. And poor old Sauvignon Blanc got shoved onto the sort of back pew in church and she was just told to say her penance because she was so revolting. But she's actually emerging triumphant again, I think, with the help of little splashes of Semillon. What do you think? Um, I think it depends on the style that the winemaker is trying to produce. But one thing that is beautiful about Sauvignon Blanc is that uh, you get tropical styles, you get greener styles, you get styles that are very nice in between. You get a um, little bit of your Blanc Fumé style, so um, barrel-aged Sauvignon Blancs. Um, so there is a lot of um, versatility uh, in Sauvignon Blanc at the moment, and it is actually the most consumed cultivar in South Africa. So yes. it's not doing too badly for itself at the moment, <laughs> and we've seen it in our own sales as well. Yes. Have you seen a resurgence? Because I think everybody went, as I said, to try and explore something that was less sharp, less naturally acidic, less sort of um, – Raspy, maybe. Sometimes some of those Sauvignon Blancs could be quite raspy. 
I find them crisp, clean, cool, and I like to drink them early. Lots of people say keep them in the cellar and drink them when they're a good 10 years old and they've become a little bit rounder and fatter and juicier and more succulent. I love them. I could just stick a straw in the grape and drink it really, really off off the vine if given the chance. But there's a lot more styles, as you say. Your style of Sauvignon Blanc going forward, are you going to put a bit of wood on some of your Sauvignon Blanc? Um, I think we're actually moving away from the wood. Um, we've had a few people say that they prefer the um, more unwooded styles, which I tend to agree with. Mm. Um, but I have to say, personally, I prefer a style that is a, a, a beautiful balance between the green and the tropical notes. If you can hit that sweet spot in Sauvignon Blanc and you can get the full spectrum of its aromas um, and its flavors coming through on the palate, I think you've really hit the jackpot. I think you're absolutely right. So if I was to say to you, we're doing Christmas, which we are all just about to do Christmas, and I'm such a silly Christmas girl. I love Christmas, um, and I know that it's not everybody's celebration, but for those of us who do celebrate Christmas, Jenna Higgins, what are you drinking with your Christmas lunch or dinner? I am looking very forward to opening up a bottle of this Master's Vineyards <laughs> over Christmas. It is Christmas cake in a bottle. It is the wine through and through. And it's a beautiful wine to decant and to put on the table in a decanter because the longer it stands open, the more and more and more you get from the wine. Um, Benny, um, as we like to call him, also described the wine as a type of wine. We had to come back to it and come back to it yes. because it just kept on evolving and opening up. Um, Christian Eid said something similar uh, when he rated the wine. He actually gave it 94 points. Um, And he also rated the tasting as one of his best tastings of 2021. Fantastic. Made the top 10. (laughs) So I will definitely, definitely be. And it's only 950 rand a bottle and you get three bottles in the box. It's an absolute steal for what you get. Absolute. So I'm definitely going to be opening up a bottle of two of those. Okay. And when you're going to choose a white? to give to Gran because she doesn't want to drink that red wine on the table. What are you going to give Gran? Gran loves Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> going back to Sauvignon Blanc, Granny is, she is Sauvignon Blanc through and through. I have convinced her, though, that rosé is not absolutely terrible. Mm. So she does enjoy a little bit of rosé every now and again. Um, but uh, I think Granny will be will be getting our collector's reserve Sauvignon Blanc. And that sounds year. like a perfect plan. And what do you think about if we put – a bottle of your pretty pink bubbles on the table just to pop that cork to celebrate or to herald the start of the Christmas meal? I think you could put any of our bottles on the table. They're so beautifully decorated. It it almost looks like part of the table decoration. I know, I know. Specifically (laughs) Um, those bubbles. Yeah. I interrupted you. Sorry. There's Gloria. nothing wrong with cracking open a bottle of, of no, it's okay, <laughs> of, of bubblies, um, especially our sparkling wine over Christmas. Um, I quite enjoy the rosé. Um, and then I've actually um, asked our lady in the Vinatiek to pull out nine bottles of the uh, 2007 MCC that won the double gold oh, Veritas. Wow. I'm definitely looking forward to that. That is going to be extremely special. Are you going to be involved going forward in making your MCCs? Um, I am assisting in both the red wine and the white winemaking, so I will be um, involved in all aspects of the winemaking as far as I know. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I love MCC. Yes. I'm very excited to to be taking that on as well. Um, but, yes, it will be under the guidance of our head white winemaker, Gwibis Haber, and our head red winemaker, Vohavikitsiab. And, of course, you've got a fabulous restaurant at Durbanville Hills as well. Is it open for Christmas? 
I will have to double check for you. I'm not entirely sure. We have to see what happens with COVID and with the COVID. Oh, yes, of course. I keep forgetting about Um, that. They are going up at the moment. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, But um, the restaurant is absolutely gorgeous. The views from that restaurant are pretty much unrivaled. The views are great. The food is great. And, of course, the wine is brilliant. Jenna, congratulations. Um, Your wine is delicious. I very much look forward to tasting your Cabernet. I've read about it. I have a bottle in my cellar waiting for opening up. And I think maybe I'll join you uh, by putting that on my Christmas table this year. And I know that we're going to chat again a lot next year. Durbanville Hills is definitely one of our farms to be prized and celebrated and they're lucky to have you. You're young and vibey and trendy and gorgeous. And I think that it's all going to melt together into a fabulous pot during the course of next year. So thank you for joining us. And happy Christmas to you and everybody at Durbanville Hills. Thank you so much for having me. Now my face is almost as red as my hair. <laughs> <laughs> all the compliments. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic festive season and that everybody uh, focuses on the importance of spending time with your loved ones, especially during these trying times. I think it's very important to really bring everything home and just focus on spending time together and and remembering that Christmas is is about spending quality time. It's not about the gifts. It's not about all of the, the fancy meals and fancy clothes. And it's really actually just about coming together, whether it's around a braai or a meal or a Christmas tree, um, and just enjoying your time with your loved ones while you can. Absolutely beautiful message and fantastically wise words from a gorgeous young winemaker, Jenna Higgins at Durbanville Hills. Thank you so much.